well. Welcome along to another edition of The 116. My name is Greg Fish. It's uh, The 116, a podcast about living life higher, wider, closer, and deeper. It's a presentation of First United Methodist Church in downtown Peoria. You can check us out more on our website at peoria1.com. It's peoria1.com. Please don't forget to like and share us on social media. We're also available on all your favorite podcast platforms, as well you may know since you're listening now, or please subscribe if you can. Also on YouTube, I don't know if they call it subscribing or following, whichever it is, it's free. Please do that. That helps us out as well. We would love to have you do that. Today, uh, a podcast that I've really been looking forward to because it speaks to a lot of the stuff that I'm interested in, and it speaks to a lot of the stuff that has brought us to the point of being able to do this podcast, not just on audio, but on video as well. And I have in the studio with me two guys who have uh, been a part of making this possible, Jeremy Caldera and Jim Casey. Gentlemen, welcome to the studios. Yeah, great to be here. You know this environment pretty well by now. You've probably spent a fair amount of time thinking about this room. and uh, when it was a closet. Exactly. (laughs) It was. So uh, uh, these are two of the guys who, for better or worse, have helped us in this process. And I'm very thankful. Tell us just a little bit about uh, the company you work for first, Jeremy. So we work for Pearl Technology. Pearl Technology is... uh, we were many things uh, mm-hmm. from cybersecurity to managed services and things like that. But the division of the company that we work for is the audiovisual division. So we are a systems integration company. So what we do is we specialize in uh, high-end audiovisual design and installation and service and everything that comes along with that. So uh, what is that, right? Um, you know, my mom still thinks that I install home theaters after 20-plus <laughs> uh, years of doing this, but that is not the case. Or car stereos, that is not the case either, right? Uh, we do everything from the studio that you're sitting in right here, the adjacent room next to this, and a lot mm-hmm. of uh, house of worship churches, live streaming, video, audio, uh, video presentation, um, that leads into corporate conference rooms, corporate training rooms, training facilities, as far as think arenas and nightclubs and civic centers and performing arts centers and, I mean, you name it. And, and if it's got professional audiovisual services in it, that's what we do and we specialize in. And you guys deal with stuff into the millions of dollars of contracts, I'm assuming. Yeah, so, I mean, our average contract is probably somewhere around the range of fifty dollars to $150,000, depending on, on what mm-hmm. it is, right? Okay. Um, but, again, we've done some larger projects for some corporate customers that range up into the millions. And, and your position with the company? So I'm the senior vice president of audiovisual technology, so I oversee the entire audiovisual department. Awesome. Uh, I also act as um, the lead engineer, so uh, we have a team, a design team, and some other people, but I oversee kind of all the designs. So. And Jim, I'm still trying to figure out what you do. So am I. Um, <laughs> if you ask Jeremy, that could be next to nothing. Uh, my mom thinks I just sell TVs and install them on the wall, uh-huh. uh, which, is, which is just one small part of what we do. Um, but I'm, I'm involved in business development and account management for Pearl Technology, making sure that our clients' goals are met and served, and uh, I just help people solve those problems where audiovisual uh, meets the needs. Awesome. And what we want to talk with you about today is understanding technology better and how it has evolved in a worship or ministry setting. Uh, the pandemic has created this massive learning curve for us all as far as technology is concerned. So we want to help you get more comfortable with technology and perhaps answer some of your questions or maybe even complaints uh, about technology, because that's one thing folks don't understand. I mean, like, for example, I guess my first question is, can new technology and worship traditions live harmoniously together? What do you think? I mean, I think so. Uh, I've always thought that, but then again, I'm in the world of technology, right? But, you know, for I've been doing this for the better part of 20 years now and doing specifically church, uh, 
you know, worship for the better part of 20 years. And, and historically we've seen, you know, both traditional and contemporary worship, right? There's always, uh, I mean, even this church is a good example of that. You have more of a contemporary space, more of a, a traditional space, but yet you'll find that a lot of the more contemporary stuff moves its way into the traditional, you know, side of the house. Right. Sure. Um, and historically that's been how, like that for decades, right? Mm-hmm. And so, uh, a lot of time it's been, you know, how do we how do we bring the new technology in, and how do we get a lot of the people who are unfamiliar with technology, don't like technology, to embrace that as as a method of um, retaining uh, people at the church, bringing in new people to the church, spreading the message, which is the most important thing, right? And the, and, and how do you do that? But then yet do it in a way that is not cumbersome or whatever the word is I'm looking for to the architecture of the space, right? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, a lot of traditional spaces, um, nobody wants to hang projectors from the ceiling. Nobody wants to hang giant speaker columns, right? right. Speakers are a little bit more acceptable, but then when you start getting into video presentation, how do we use video and, and pro presenter and a lot of that stuff there, uh, how do we bring that in and, and still yet keep the tradition of, of the church life? It's a difficult thing to do. Um, I think it can be done well, and I think it should be done. I think you're going to start seeing it more and more, especially now. And what I like most about the pandemic, as best as you can say something like that, sure. is that it's driven um, it's driven technology to be forced to everyone, mm-hmm. right? So instead of saying, okay, it's now a nice to have, it's more of a have to have, right? right? And that's kind of been historically that way for audiovisual in general as a whole, you know, as a whole vertical, Right. I mean, even back in schools when we do, I mean, we do a lot of work with universities and colleges and audiovisual was always the nice to have. And anymore, it's such a large part of the budget and such, it's so instrumental in even just presentation of a class for a lecture that it's become the have to have. Now, we're still not life safety by any stretch of the imagination talking about fire alarm and security and things like that. Sure. But it still falls into that has to have category. And we're finding that to be true now, even when you move into the house of worship market. Mm-hmm. Is that your thoughts too, Jim? Uh, my, my thoughts are a little different. Um, Jeremy being more technically trained than I am uh, with his CTS certifications. Um, I have a friend of mine, Father Chris Moran, out in Henderson, Nevada. And mm-hmm. for the longest time, he was reticent to want to introduce live streaming to his congregation. He felt as though, you know, that technology might give people another way to check the box from home, so to speak, and that they'd miss out. Mm-hmm. And when he finally went to live streaming in a simple form, um, <clears throat> pardon me, a young woman came up to him and said, you know, Father, for the first time in 18 months, my mom, who is uh, convalescing in a nursing home, was able to come home to church for the first time, mm. right? And there are a lot of things in theology that we can talk about, but getting the gospel outside the four walls is so important. We're, the, you know, the, 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 the Great Commission, you know, mm-hmm. share, share the good news. And I, I don't see any reason why technology shouldn't be anything but a springboard to the gospel, Sure. Now, budgets being what they are and logistics being what they are, I respect that. But to be able to to plug in, play, grab a Wi-Fi signal, and get out to 10, 100, 1,000, 10,000 people that can't make it to your facility, I don't think there's a higher calling for what it is that we do. In simple terms, audiovisual helps people communicate irregardless of time and distance. And what's the best message to communicate than the good news of Christ? So yeah, yeah. I'm pretty passionate about this por- portion of our offering. And, you know, what you said keys in what's been, I've been thinking a lot about lately, and that is how technology fits so perfectly with the great command, which is the key commission of, of believers in a church, and that is to go, to tell, and help people know Jesus more. So all those things fit in perfectly with what you do in technology. 
secondly, the thing that we forget about is that our churches, in a historical sense, are pretty all pretty contemporary. Uh, very little that we do can actually be traced back to the earliest of days in the church. So it's it's all been based on how technology of worship has progressed through the years. Even the introduction of an organ in worship that's historically new technology. So uh, yeah, and and it seems like to me too the the both even if we want to parse it down to a contemporary or traditional setting, both are focused on bringing beauty so that the listener and the worshiper can find their way uh, to Christ. And um, I don't know, am, am I, does that make any sense at all? No, it's exactly right. I, I, I think you hit the nail right on the head there. Like it's, it's exactly what we're trying to do is, is just get the message out. And, and it's interesting the way that you phrase that, right? That, that almost everything is to a point contemporary based on our history. Sure. Right? I mean, sure. As long as we've all been alive, um, you know, what we consider traditional versus contemporary is just a very, very, very small snippet of time, mm-hmm, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, in, in the yeah. history of, of the church, right? Exactly. So, so that's exactly right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, considering the 1950s were just 70 years ago, and we're talking about um, miraculous events of 2,000 years ago. Right. Right. Anything that we've yeah. done now is a modern interpretation. Yeah. So, so let's let's move into kind of one of the nuts and bolts questions here. And why should a church hire an integrator when they've got a guy in the congregation who's worked in a band and uh, has set up band sound before, and he knows what he's doing? Why? I, I'm I'm not trying to be sarcastic. Actually, being very serious, I've heard this said over and over again. Why should we consider hiring an integrator when it comes to how we use technology in a church? Well, a lot of it's going to come down to just what budgets will dictate and allow for, right? And we, mm-hmm. we work with churches all over the board, right? I mean, from from a, a $1,000 streaming system to a half a million dollar streaming system, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then th- I say streaming because that's been the most current and the, the biggest demand as, as of lately, right, with the pandemic and everything uh-huh. else that's been going on. Um, you know, for us, it's... it's We'll even go on. A, we'll even go on a ledge and say, "Hey, if we want to help with budgets, you guys install the wiring, and we'll come out and terminate it." Right? Because a lot of what needs to happen is it can get very technical. I'm trying to think of the best way to say this. Right? Anybody can set up an iPad, right? Mm-hmm. And in my church, which uh, is Blessed Sacrament over in Morton, and it's Catholic Church, so Catholic Church is historically more traditional, not as much video sure, presentation sure. things of that nature, right? But, but. Uh, you know, we had to bring streaming into the mix, and, and you know, Father was simply putting an iPad down on a stand mm. in the front. Now, granted, there was no congregation at the time. This is the middle of the pandemic, right? No one was allowed to come in doing the service, but the audio was hard to hear, right? The video was literally the video screen just from your iPad is all it was, but it got the message out and it achieved what it needed to achieve, which is which is you know, get the services out to everyone who is now quote unquote a shut in, like some of the other people used to be was just the elders, like he talked about. Now, mm-hmm. now it was everybody, right? Right. And so when I came to him and I said, listen, I, I know we don't have much of a budget, but I think we can do this much better quality, much higher quality. And, you know, could anybody have done something? Sure. You could all buy a camera. You can set it up, get a better Zoom, get a little better audio experience, and it'll be a little bit better. But I think what the integrator brings to the table is our experience of saying, hey, you know, we've done this a thousand other ways. This is what historically has worked. This is what hasn't worked. These are what the mistakes that can be made. Mm-hmm. And by the way, we can make the installation look more professional, sound more professional, not cables hanging anywhere, everything's run through walls. I mean, how many times have you heard audio on something where there's a slight buzz to the system because an right. audio table is not terminated right. correctly or not shielded or grounded correctly? It's all those little things there that kind of add up and, and bring the value that, that we bring, which is our expertise and experience on, you know, of what works and what doesn't work, right? And, and on top of that, we are traditionally 
uh, on the cutting edge of what the latest technologies are, right? Because that's our job. We have to be aware of what's coming, what's new, what's there. Um, when the typical band person or whatever might be a year or two behind, right? Which in, in today's world, a year or two behind in technology is drastically different, right? Um, you know, video streaming in churches was not that big of a thing two years ago. Right. I mean, it was. Right. They were just starting to get into it, but people couldn't see outside the box as to what the value of it was until the pandemic hit. And then it was a forced thing. And then now, even though they're opening back up and we're doing more of that hybrid model, which I see it being, that's the way it's going to be for a long time. Mm-hmm. The realization is there as to what the value is to the streaming. So, sure. so us as an integrator, we can bring that expertise in, in, in that right into the fold. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and you know, I, I've had this conversation with uh, some older folks who say, well, we're not very in touch with technology and yet they have smartphones. And it seems like to me that uh, even our older generation, especially through this pandemic, has learned how to use technology much more than they even give themselves credit. And uh, yeah, uh, so as somebody comes and talks with you, you know, let me ask you this, as far as analog versus digital, is there still a place for analog in ministry work if they have the big old clunky analog boards? Uh, there is, and we see a lot of those t- today, right? Uh-huh. Um, I, I, we won't sell you one anymore because it's all, it's even more expensive than the digital stuff. But mm-hmm. what you'll find is um, even that, they kind of have a hybrid approach. Most of the new really nice digital mixing consoles, even for a church, or even like think about the one that's out here in the other room, that really nice one that's out there, right? Right. Have analog microphone preamplifiers to them, mm-hmm. right? Versus the, because traditionally just the sound you get is that more natural sound that, that sure. you want to hear, right? Now they go a step further and make it even cooler. We're in the world of computers that we live in these days. You can actually change the digital preamp on that if you wanted it to sound like this mixing board or the mixing board they use to make Abbey Road. You can press <laughs> this button and it will simulate that yeah, and make it yeah. sound like that. Like you can kind of do cool things like that. Um, so the digital world has allowed us more flexibility. It's allowed us um, just so many more features, but yet there's still that analog sound that everybody wants, right? Mm-hmm. Nobody likes that digital sound, right? So That's so, what we say, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. even, and I, you know, I laugh because we, we, we don't do a lot of high-end home theater at all, but when we do, it's the really, 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 really nice home theaters, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of those people are very old school. They want the old traditional tube amplifiers, you know, that they still make, right? But they're super expensive because they want that sound that's there, right? But mm-hmm. then they'll go and they'll hook up their next Netflix to it. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, what's the weakest link in this whole chain, right? Is yes. Netflix. Now, granted, they've they've got a, a you know they can play their vinyls right on there too, and they sound even more amazing when you run it all analog. So, I'm kind of an old school guy and like that sound to it. But but I think there's always going to be a place for it. But the digital world allows us to just do so much, right? And, and let's talk about what that is. Then what what uh, things are you guys seeing coming up uh, in the horizon? Uh, technology-wise that you say, this is really going to help churches who are trying to get the word about Jesus out there. This is really going to be a benefit to them. Are you, are you seeing anything right now in the horizon? I mean, I'm seeing more. The technology is progressing as far as cameras go, and what's going to what's going to historically happen there is it's going to drive costs down, which is going to be nice. You know, as these new, you know, everybody's on the big, I want 4K cameras, I want this, I want that, right? But you're, you're not streaming in 4K, which is pe- what people don't realize. So it's mm-hmm. kind of, a, right now, why spend the money on a 4K camera when you're not even going to be able to stream in 4K for another five years, right? When sure, sure. more high-speed bandwidth becomes readily available and, and, you know, everywhere in the world and things like that. Uh, even the service providers have to be able to provide you with the bandwidth to, to run that kind of video and that kind of bandwidth that's required there from a technical standpoint. So, I, you know, we're going to see, I think, 
internet speeds and bandwidth increase. We're going to see our providers start increasing speeds. We're going to see the cost of those higher-end 4K cameras start coming down more and more. I mean, even now versus two years ago is, is a night and day difference um, on the streaming side of things to help get the message out. But, again, there's other technologies that are just going to always improve from the digital mixing consoles to, you know, I think most churches use projection screens now. This is a good example of that. And I think sure. almost every church I can think of in, locally in the area uses projection screens. But we're starting to see LED technology take off. So think the digital outdoor billboards, but inside, mm-hmm. right? So you get that nice, bright, super good color, super good contrast, which you fight a lot of times with projectors, right? If you, mm-hmm. if you have a lot of ambient light in your, in your sanctuary, you have to get a really bright, really expensive projector. And the color still doesn't look that good versus the flat panel that might be onto the side or... or you know, in the neighbor, wherever, but, but the LED technology that's been driving down in cost, and we're going to start seeing a lot of that uh, come into fruition in the sanctuaries. Well, and some folks have been using TV screens, which have their mm-hmm. own issues. Yeah, you know they they do. I you know TV screens always look a thousand times better than projection, and I will always always argue that the problem is reading the text on your. Um, on, on whatever you're using, right? Whether it's a, whether it's a PowerPoint or ProPresenter or whatever it is you're using, right? Uh-huh. That that text is only a certain size, and that size can only be read from a certain distance. So even a 90-inch TV is only going to get you a maximum with really good eyesight at like 25, 26 feet away from that screen. Mm-hmm. Think of your sanctuary. Anybody listening, think of the sanctuary, the church that you go to. Everybody's further than 25 feet from wherever that screen's going to sure, be, right? Sure. So no one's going to be able to read anything. We use them as supplementary to put in a little side spaces or the mm-hmm. nurseries or things like that because you just need the sheer size. Right. And getting the color and picture quality out of a projection system is, I mean, all, all you could do is use projection in the past. There was no other technology, but that's that's the technology I'm excited most about that mm-hmm. I'm seeing come down the pipeline is is the LED technology. Because cameras have always been around. Streaming's going to always improve. But, you know, it's cool stuff like that that I like to see. How about you, Jim? Well, and, and I would agree. My, uh, displays are fantastic. Direct view LED technology, um, even up to including the, the high and the pinnacle in my mind of audiovisual, which which would be projection mapping. You know, using that, uh, there are some amazing gesture based monitors that mm. can be used as a tabletop. So think of uh, taking the you know the, the fourteen square inches of your iPhone, enlarging that, and that could control a video wall behind you while you're presenting the message. And that is gesture-based. It's it's not quite Tony Stark in the lab where he's throwing the image up mm-hmm. in the air and pulling it apart, but almost. Okay, So there's a lot of variants. Although tried and true technology like project, uh, projection gives us a reliable situation in massive, massive spaces. And I still think it's going to be valid. Um, you're not going to hear the death of projection the way that we've heard the death of the newspaper and the printed piece in the next generation, if you will. Um, but there are going to be some you know, rollable, ultra-thin, bezel-less displays that are coming up in the world. Um, we've seen some of that within the, in the last decade. Say there's 3D, 3D t- televisions available. Um, bezels are getting smaller and smaller, so we can create a matrix of, of displays and monitors. But I'm a huge fan for the uh, direct view LED and for projection mapping. Now, that doesn't have a budgetary respect. Um, an LED wall is going to have a comma in the middle. More than likely, it's going to be a six-figure investment. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I'm excited about the fact that you get amazing picture quality at the right distances. The Again, the um, the optical clarity, it, it's just fantastic stuff. But more importantly, it's just a matter of how do we connect? What's the, what is the third-party uh, operating system going to be for, you know, streaming and conferencing? And maybe there'll be different platforms besides Facebook and YouTube that develop out of all of this. So, 
It's more like, how are we delivering the message? Yeah, it's, I, you know, it's going to come down to, and I, I, I talk about this with a lot of my corporate clients as well. It comes down to what's the experience of the user, right? And I'm not just talking about the experience. When you get to House of Worship, the experience of the user is not just the person who's running the AV Tech. It's, it's the people within the congregation, the people that are sitting out there, right? What, what's their experience and how are you enhancing their experience? On the corporate world, it's the person who's using the technology because they're the ones wanting to show a PowerPoint and wanting to do things like that, right? What we need to do is we need to tie all of these technologies together and simplify them, right? And, you know, it, it's if you think about your home, right? I, I remember even a couple of years ago, um, my parents came and, and watched my home and watched the dogs while I was gone on a trip. And they are the least technic- technologically savvy people on the face of the earth, right? Mm-hmm. My mom did just buy mm-hmm. an iPhone, though, and that's a whole other story. But... <laughs> but Basically, what I had to do is I had to take my universal remote control and put a piece of paper over it and cut out a hole over the five buttons that she needed to use out of the 3,000 buttons that were Mm -hmm. on that remote, right? But now think about anybody who's got a Fire Stick or an Apple TV. The reason they give you that remote with only three buttons on it is because they have simplified the back-end technology of that to make your user experience that much better, right? Mm -hmm. So now extrapolate that to the size of projects we're talking about into your sanctuary, into your corporate environment, and all the gear that goes with that. We try to make that experience as simplistic as possible, right? Now, that's the 90% use case of most AV churches. You guys here are kind of the exception to that rule because Mm -hmm. you've got a lot more going on. So traditionally, you you can't simplify a a podcast studio. You can't simplify a very, very large production-type television studio environment, right? Um, I mean, you can to a point, but there's still a lot of buttons and a lot of stuff going on that you need to understand just to get going in, 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 in the operation. But... In the 90% use case, I, most people just want to be able to plug in a laptop and show it up on the screen for everybody so that a pro presenter can run the, you know, run the text or whatever, right? They, that's the most simplistic thing you need to be able to do. And you need to get the message across very clearly so it's heard, heard to everybody, right? So everybody can hear intelligibly. Mm-hmm. Um, so if we can simplify those things, too, and tie all that technology together, um, we're going to, again, stems back to what you talked about before. That's another value that the integrator brings, right, is, is sure. the ability to tie all that, th- all that stuff together. But at the same time, uh, that's where I'm going to see a lot of the technology kind of progressing. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that I've, I've often heard is, why do we need all of this stuff? And the fact is, well, you're listening to this podcast or you're watching this podcast now. Yeah, there's one of the answers. Why? Because it, it works. Um, in, in thinking about a theology uh, for this stuff, I, I've come to realize that um, these are things that, God seems to be blessing today because we are finding ways to reach far more people than we ever could before. I mean, if you can imagine in the history of what people have done in ministry work, if you were told you can reach thousands of people with a relatively small investment, would you be willing to do that? And we would have said, yeah. But then when we introduce technology, it's like, whoa, 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 wait just a second. This is fancy stuff. Is it? Good? Oh, and here's another question. Will it last? What? How do you answer that question? Is this stuff going to last very long? Well, I mean— it, it depends on the environment. You know, most churches, I say, typically your sound systems are going to last you a very long time, mm-hmm. right? Because unless you blow a speaker out or something like that, traditionally they just work, right? When you get into video screen technology and things like that, naturally, as you know, electronics, they break down over time, sure. right? In the corporate world, I try to tell everybody you're on a five to seven year refresh cycle. On the church world, you can maybe get a five to 10 year refresh cycle on the video technology, right? And mm-hmm. it's not just because the equipment may start to fail, I'm not going to say it doesn't because all equipment fails. We have stuff that fails in 30 days sometimes, right? We sure, have to deal sure. with that. But it's just the progression of technology, right, is exponential. 
mm-hmm. right? So five years from now, this could this is state of the art right now. Mm-hmm. This will still be really awesome in five years, but it's right. not going to be state of the art. So think about how that's going to progress. And oh man, now we can do 4K, or now you know we want to have more people come, and and we want to have better cameras and better streaming platforms and whatever that is. I mean, we don't know what we don't know, right? I mean, that is is cliche as that is to say. Um, I mean, it's a true statement when it comes to technology. So. And I think basically the message should also be to churches, do the best you can to get the word out. You've got this marvelous piece of technology that works. And whether we're talking about what you're doing in-house or reaching outside of yourself, do the best that you can. And, and God blesses all of that work. But I, I'm wondering this too. What have you seen people doing technology-wise that's kind of even amazed you? Have you seen churches use the technology that you thought, oh, I, I didn't think of that. What, what is impressing you these days with what people are doing? I, I, I'll be honest with you, Greg. I'm really impressed with what you guys are doing here. Like, I, well, I have not you. seen a lot of um, the, the forward thinking that the church here has is great. I'm, I'm not just trying to you know, pat you guys on yeah, the back. This isn't right? lip service because we were, one, selected to do the project, or two, sure, yeah. you know, um, the invoices have been sent. Um, and I say that kind of tongue-in-cheek, but the forward-thinking vision of your board and your trustees and your foundation to support an effort like this and say, okay, we're taking a timeless, eternally valuable lesson in, in, in lifestyle and thought process and a belief and faith, and we're going to convey that with the best technology that's available. Uh, my pastor, Tim Bedingfield, always says it has to be good enough for who it's for. Mm-hmm. And I love that idea that we're taking the best technology that's available um, until you start getting into seven-figure price ranges and leveraging it for the gospel. Going back to your integrator question, um, the, the largest value that I see is that you will not troubleshoot a different problem here every time you hit the power button. This is a reliable, scalable, repeatable offering of communication. And the surprise is that more people are not as forward-thinking. Uh, the most dangerous phrase in any organization is, this is just the way we do things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that, a scary one. That's yeah. a terrifying situation, particularly in technology, that we know um, within six months things can be nearly obsolete. It's it's very interesting coming, growing up Catholic, right? Everything's very, very traditional and sure. not a lot of tech, right? Sure. I will say that in the Catholic Church, there's a lot of challenges from an audio perspective, right? Because if you think of the larger you know, basilicas and the big, you know, cathedrals mm-hmm. and all of this stuff. Acoustically, it's a challenging environment from an audio perspective and one I, I really enjoy enjoy doing. But the cool stuff comes outside what most of the traditional Catholic church does, right, mm-hmm. which is the video screens. And, and, like, to me, that was all new when I got into this. I'm like, wow, this is this is very different, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. But then taking it a step further, even most recently, it's, it's you know, when we were first approached to discuss even this project, I was like, you know, I never – that's really cool, you know, I never thought about doing it that way. Mm, but mm. you know what? This is like, let's take... So for me, even though we had not done a lot of production studios like what you guys are doing, because you guys are very forward-thinking on this, I kind of had to take a step back from the traditional approach of, okay, how would I build this as a TV studio? And how would I build this as a recording studio or a podcast studio? And then how do we take what the ultimate goal of the church is and, and blend all that harmoniously together and, and, and come up with the solution I think that we came up with? And yet, still keep it, um, you know, reasonably priced, and yet still sure. reasonably usable. Sure. Because, um, as you know, the, you know, things can astronomically get out of hand as you start designing, mm-hmm. and everybody wants their wishes, right? right. So, um, you know, and we made some concessions here as well, you know. Sure. But, but I think that we did a, um, a fairly good job working together with with you and with Jason and some others on on 
producing a, really a state of the art facility, which which sure. to me was very uh, interesting how how you were doing it and. Um, you know, from from a house of worship church perspective, that's that's kind of been the most interesting for me. You know, the streaming thing is, I mean, that was just traditionally going to happen. I think the invention of Facebook Live is what kind of um, spearheaded mm-hmm. the mass effort of that worldwide on, on how do we do that right. Because you could always stream and you had to either buy a very specific expensive platform to do so. And it was very confusing on how do you interact all these things and how does this magic work, right? Or now you could just go to Facebook and hit go live, Right. And it's up or go to YouTube and it's a live YouTube channel. Cool. It's great. Well, then the invention of that stemmed a lot of the invention of the stuff that we deal with on a daily basis, which is Mm -hmm. integrating these larger facilities and then bringing them down to the simplistic level of Facebook Live or something like that. And, you know, one of the things we tried to look at doing was just say, how can we do excellence, but do it with uh, reason within what we can afford to do and what our, you know, what our foundation can support and that sort of thing. And, and uh, we just, we went from there because I think so many churches think in mediocrity and mediocrity ends up being much more expensive. I mean, there's a reason why when you go to churches, you see storage rooms yeah. full of big boxy TVs that people have dumped off because they think, well, I don't use it anymore. Just send it to the church. And we approach so many things in ministry like that. You see that happening? Yeah, I, I, I do. It's, it's, I always try to tell a lot of our, our church clients like, okay, this, this is your ultimate goal, right? Here, here's what we can go. Here, here's the different kind of price ranges. We can break things into phases. We can do things like that. But ultimately it's not, it's not, you know, we don't have that much money now. We have this much money. So can we just kind of get sort of some of this stuff and I try to convince everybody to not do that. Like, I'd rather you just not do anything now and save a little bit more money and do what you need to do, right, mm-hmm. to do it right. Because the last thing you want to do is put in a cheaper, quote-unquote, cheaper system, right, even though that's maybe not the right word. But, mm-hmm. you know, cut the corners you don't need to cut. Again, that's where our expertise comes in is telling you what corners are easier to cut, right? Sure. But if you have to cut a lot of corners to get budgets down, Maybe you can't afford it yet. And that's a hard conversation to have with some people. And it's sure. not that I don't want your business because it's cheaper. That's not the case. I don't want the business because it's not right for you. And ultimately, you're not going to be happy with the end result. And you're going to have to do it again in two years. You know, So you're actually going to save yourself some money if you just do it right from the beginning. You know, right. Do a capital campaign. Do some fundraising. Do whatever you need to do to get the message across the way you want to get the message across and not cut that corner. Well, this is an interesting conversation, and we could very easily go on. I, I know you guys could. I could very easily go on all day. Jim, do you have any thoughts uh, wrapping up some of the things we've talked about today? Absolutely. You know, when you talk about doing a project, one of my favorite places to start with any client uh, is actually with a service call rather than say, yes, you could use an entirely new system for streaming and recording and editing and all these things. We start off with a clean, inspect, and optimize of the existing system. There may be some gear there that's still fantastic. Mm-hmm. We were just on site at Wesley United Methodist Church in Bloomington, and we were able to do an upgrade for them, which we were very privileged to be selected. That system was one of the early uh, systems that Jeremy sold in his career in the mid-'90s. Oh, wow. So when you build correctly, you can have something nearly generationally sure. when it comes to audio technology. Obviously, video and live streaming are rapidly, rapidly going generation after generation. Um, but again, it isn't about selling a new system. It's not about a budgetary line item. It is always about serving the goal of that congregation. Okay? Mm-hmm. So sometimes that'll be uh, a half-day service visit, uh, maybe a four to $600 service call with a little time and material. Okay? So I have, a, I have a client we're working with now. They have some 25-year-old Sure mics. They're still going to stay part of that system. There's no reason to p- replace them. But it's always about building a system that accomplishes the goal 
and is scalable and will be steady and reliable for as long as possible. So Sometimes you find the problems, like, I like to ask everybody, you know, why, why are we here? What's the problem that we're trying to solve? Right? Mm-hmm. And sometimes doing a service call like that solves 90% of the problems that they had at a much more reasonable cost than gutting the entire system, right? Sure. Which is what you might think needs to be done, right? Mm-hmm. It could just be replace this small part within the speaker. And then now, oh, man, everybody can hear, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, is it let's let's tweak our assistive listening system for the hard of hearing or add something that's a little bit more technologically advanced where everybody can get it on their cell phone for Wi-Fi and into their Bluetooth and that kind of thing. We've done some simple ads like that that aren't replaced the entire system, right? Uh, it can do that. So, you know, when I think about the technology for House of Worship, I, I, I the final thoughts I like to give people is is, you know, Work hand-in-hand with your integrator and discuss what your problem is. Don't let anybody come in and say, you have to do all of this stuff and upgrade all of this stuff, right? Just because it's old and it's outdated, right? Like he said, it might still work. It might still be good. You might still be able to implement some of these things that you really like and you're used to using. What is the ultimate goal and what's the problem that you're trying to solve? And then let's design the system together around, around a solution that you're looking for. And let's do that as, as cost-effectively and within budget as we can. Right? Sure. So here's one of the interesting things that is brought up by technology, and that is the fact that we are located in Peoria, Illinois. And so you guys, I know, service that area, and I'm sure beyond in this part of the state. Uh, so concerned that we may be very well talking with people well beyond uh, your normal limits, tell our listener, our viewer, how do they go about starting a process like this? How do they find an integrator in their area? And then let us know how we can get a hold of you guys as well if they would like to talk with you. Well, yeah, I, you know, the first step is just to reach out to, you know, a person like Jim, who's one of the account execs at, at, at an integration firm. Now, I mean, we're fortunate enough to be more of a national company now. Okay. Um, our, when we originally started this project, we were IAS Technology, which was local in Peoria, and we were more regional. We've recently been acquired by Pearl Technology. Uh, which has more of a national presence, which is which gotcha. is fantastic. So uh-huh. you know, we're able to service almost anybody anywhere. Um, but uh, again, just just do that first step. Reach out. You know, hey, I've I've got some questions, or hey, I've got these concerns, or I or I have this problem I need to solve. And then uh, that's where Jim would get involved. And and then uh, when the time's ready, he'd engage somebody like me or someone from the engineering team mm-hmm. to kind of come in and start formally uh, helping formulate a design. Okay, where do we find you guys online? Well, you'd find us at PearlTechnology.com. And more to Jeremy's point, we have assets in Texas, Florida, and Los Angeles right now. Uh, and we have 150-plus um, employees in New York State. So Pearl Technology does have a national footprint. We've done international work for a certain large manufacturer that I can't mention due to legal constraints um, in, in Panama, as an example. So, mm-hmm. um, we're, again, you can find us at pearltechnology.com and, or pick up the phone give us a call. We'd be happy to help in any way. And, and of course, this podcast isn't about uh, – generating business it's more about the information but i would tell you that we've worked with these guys and uh, we would recommend that you at least uh, have a conversation with them at some point because they've done a great job here and they understand uh, what we're doing so thank you guys both for being here with us today and uh, best of luck with you on your mission of uh, uh, creating better technology out there glad to be here all right hey folks this is the 116 it's a podcast about living higher wider, closer, and deeper. And it's a presentation of First United Methodist Church in downtown Peoria. You can find us at peoriaone.com. That's right down here, peoriaone.com. Be sure and check us out there to find out more about us and continue the conversation with us. Please like us and share us on social media. And be sure and subscribe or follow us because it's always free. That way you can always have our podcast show up on your device or you can find us on YouTube when a new episode comes out.
Well, that does it for this episode of the 116. I'm Greg Fish. Thank you on behalf of First United Methodist Church in Peoria, Illinois. It's been great having you along with us.